I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fangs True Blood Podcast. This week is our 20th podcast. Happy birthday us. Happy birthday. (laughs) We will be discussing season four, episode three of True Blood. If you love me, why am I dying? Nice. Okay. So should we just crack on and get straight in there? Yep. Dive straight in with the episode recap and and discussion? Yes. Uh, Suki is at first bemused and irritated by Eric's weird docile behaviour. And she drives off and then stops hmm. <laughs> for some reason. Eric tries to get into her car, so she tries to outrun him. Hmm. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> He's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I like the way she pulled the car over and then looks around and. <laughs> oh, where's he gone? As if, hey, he's gone. <laughs> I've lost him. Yes. Uh, okay. He stops her in. in uh, he stops her in her tracks, so she breaks his nose with a swift right hook. <laughs> nice one. I, I hear Anna Paquin does a lot of boxing training, so she's quite au fait with the right hook. Um, he's he's quite apologetic and and he accidentally calls her Snooky. Ooh, so is Eric a, a Jersey Shore fan? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that he can't remember anything, but he remembers Jersey Shore. Yes, yeah, weird. Uh, <laughs> okay, so he he tells her in Swedish that the last thing he remembers is the wet sand between my toes, the wind between my shoulder blades. Uh, thank you uh, to the Vault website. What? What do you mean? Huh? I, 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 I translated that. Oh, did you? Yes. Don't, don't talk about the vault. I translated that. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks to the vault for the translation. Yeah, thanks, vault. Um, so, Suki starts to believe that there is actually genuinely something seriously wrong with Eric. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and she agrees to help him, seemingly unaware, uh, seemingly aware that she's, she's letting herself in for a whole heap of vampire trouble here, isn't she? But she's resigned to the fact that that's her life now. She's just got to put up with it. <laughs> There's apparently, there's, there's been a lot of discussion um, among fans about whether Eric is faking the amnesia to get close to Suki. That's a, that's a good theory, but I don't think so. But it's, it would be funny if he was. <laughs> and and uh, have you noticed? Have you noticed? Did Eric get Suki's car fixed up? Because yes. At the end of season three, yes. Um, Bill and Suki are driving away from Fantasia, and Russell stops the car, and the car flips right over, doesn't it? Mm. And the roof's all fucked up. But yes. the roof was all pristine this time, so obviously um, he's had a car done for her. That's nice of him. Maybe he's a mechanic in his spare time. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't he just buy a new car? That's a terrible car. Yes. It's a, by the way, it's a Mark One Honda Civic, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> car geeks. Okay, so meanwhile, at the Moon Goddess Emporium, um, Marnie recovers from Eric's attack. Uh, Jesus tells his fellow witches that Eric is very dangerous and he tortured Lafayette for three days. Now, that's incorrect, mm. because actually, at the start of season two... Um, no, at the end of season one, there was a two week. It was a two weeks later thing, wasn't there? And two weeks had passed, so Lafayette was actually in the Fantasia dungeon for close to three weeks, not several days. So incorrect. Incorrect. Um, uh, we, we see Tara is uh, more pissed off that she's been attacked by a vampire again, <sighs> and Lafayette tells them all that Eric is all powerful and is above the law. And Tara is adamant that vampires don't care about anything except blood. Uh, Marnie is angry that he was trying to force them to stop practising their religion, but she admits that she had no idea how she got rid of him. <laughs> I like this scene when um, when the witch said that Eric looked Aryan. <laughs> Aryan, yes. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a good line. Yeah, it yeah, reminded us of Eric in his nice Nazi uniform. Yes, which is always a, a joy to behold. Yes. <laughs> okay, so over at Hotshot, and we see that Jason is still chained to a bed. And badly covered in panther wounds. 
The Were Panthers oh. gather outside and good old Uncle Luther tells them the story mm. of Ghost Mama and Ghost Daddy. <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to I show about Ghost Mama and Ghost I Daddy. Think that a spin-off. A, that could be a good spin-off. Ghost Mummy, Ghost Mama, Ghost Daddy and... And, and the Sky People. The Sky People? Yeah, they wanted to be Panthers, but the Sky People wouldn't let them. What the fuck are Sky what People? What the fuck are Sky People? I, I want to know more about these Sky People. Uh, so Ghost Mama and Ghost Daddy were eaten and then vomited out by a magical panther. And, and thus <laughs> become the first Panthers whom... All the hotshot residents are descended from. Ah, so yeah, I don't goes, know how much truth there is to that story. <laughs> that's a that's a great story, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, I, I want to know more about the sky people. Yeah. Uh, so Felton and Luther look in on Jason and are pleased to see that he has a high fever which is apparently a sign that he is turning into one of them and will shift next full moon but, <gasps> but Jason is none too pleased when Crystal delivers this news to him even if she is very flattering and says he's the saviour of their kind um, is, is he actually turning or is he just having a bad fever because his wounds are all festering yes because you get a bad fever from getting repeatedly bitten by a panther anyway I would have thought and what is it with these with these TV series and films where, where you've got big wounds that you stick a load of paste a load of kind of pasty <laughs> stuff in the wounds yeah what is that we saw that in uh, Game of Thrones they did that yeah. to Carl and then Kroll <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we watched Kroll last night oh yeah. my god 80s classic <laughs> yeah they, they, they stuck the paste on the wounds in that as well didn't they and in Gladiator yeah, yeah. what is this paste I need some of this magic paste uh, anyway, uh, we uh, we go to YouTube. Yes, good old YouTube. Uh, we see some grainy footage showing a vampire feeding on a young woman in an alleyway. Uh, the vampire is confronted by the, the cameraman and his geeky sidekick, who it turns out are in league with a girl who is being fed on. Uh, the whole thing is a set-up by an anti-vampire group who are determined to demonise vampires by sharing footage of attacks online. On the website URL that they give, uh, vamps-kill.com, is a real website made by HBO and you can visit this website and it features photos and videos of vampire attacks. It's awesome. very nicely done, HBO. We like it. We like the spin-off websites. Um, we, we see that Bill was actually playing this footage on his swanky new flat screen TV. Yeah, nice telly. Uh, the vampire in the footage is sitting in his office wearing silver handcuffs. Uh, Bill tells the errant vampire that the authority forbids being caught on camera feeding and sentences him to a true death. <gasps> mm. Harsh! It seems that this is a new law brought in to curb the anti-vampire feeling caused by the Russell Edison spine-ripping affair. Uh, The vampire protests that this is unfair, uh, but Bill nonchalantly signs his death warrant and has him taken outside to be executed. Yeah, and the the, the guy says, I want to take this to the authority, and then Bill replies, I am the authority. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was quite awesome. Is is Bill getting a bit of an ego being king? Is he, or is he just really true to the AVL? Bill isn't the authority, though. But he's their representative there, Mm. I suppose. We don't know. Or is he? He could be in the authority, couldn't he? Mm. We don't know. We don't know at all. (laughs) Or does he have his own agenda? Maybe he's just trying to prove to all his subjects that even though he's a young king, don't fuck with him, because he will have you taken outside and Shot. Don't fuck with Bill. <laughs> okay, so Jessica. Uh, Jessica shows up at Bill's and they hug warmly, or coldly, I suppose, <laughs> and um, are very affectionate towards one another. Um, she explains that she fed from another human and he is concerned whether she might have been filmed. Uh, but she reassures him that Fantasia doesn't allow cameras or uh, video cell phones uh, for this very reason. Um, Jessica tells Bill that she's guilty about feeding on someone other than Hoyt. And Bill urges her to vamp up. Vamp up. Vamp up. Um, and tell him the truth before someone else does. Which is obviously a reference to <laughs> Eric telling Sookie that Bill was sent to Bon Tomp by the Queen. 
So Bill's learnt from his mistakes here, we learn. It's, uh, it's, it's clear from this scene that uh, Jessica and Bill have grown very close over the last year. Yes, that's nice to see. Everyone yeah, loves Jessica and Bill scenes. It's good to see that Bill still has his piano. Yes. And the photo of his family in his living room. Yeah, even though the whole of the rest of the house has changed, he's still got the cool piano. Yeah, we like the piano, don't we? Yeah, we want to see Bill playing piano again. Okay, so Suki brings Eric back to her house and then sneakily pretends he doesn't own the place by inviting him in. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky. I like that. Um, She phones Pam, who is chowing down on a handsome but annoying fang banger. And Um, Pam sprints out as soon as she hears hears Eric has amnesia, much to her supper's annoyance. um, Suki kind of gives Eric a foot bath. <laughs> Though she's still a little confused by his new charming persona. Oh, it tickles. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> nah, it's nice. Oh, it's it? cute, Eric. Okay, so Pam arrives, um, scaring the shit out of poor little manchild Eric. Does he? Does he say something like "What the fuck"? Or <laughs> "What the fuck is she?" Fuck in like really fast running speech. And then he goes, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Eric is delighted when he realises that the house actually belongs to him and that he has tasted Suki. But he's then ashamed and apologetic <laughs> to find he fang-raped her. <laughs> um, Pam is adamant that Suki can't tell Bill and accuses Bill of sending Eric to the witches deliberately. Mm. Knowing that this would happen, so he would have an excuse to have Eric executed. Mm. Do we do we believe this is possible? Or, <laughs> or would there be an easier way for Bill to have gotten rid of Eric in the last year? Surely Bill wouldn't do something that would potentially put Suki at risk, I think would be my argument against that. But on the other hand, Bill could have known it's possible. I suppose we'll see that in the future. Yeah, so why did Bill have why did Bill have a spy in the in the witch's coven? He's probably got I reckon he's got loads of spies. That's my theory. One well, that's just checking this all the supernatural stuff. I still think one of the shifters in Sam's little group is one of Bill's spies. Like the, mm. the, the the big black guy, I reckon he's Bill's spy. <laughs> <laughs> why the why the black guy? Why not the woman? Yeah. Oh yeah, I suppose it could be her. It's more likely her because then Bill could shag her as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Suki agrees to look after Eric in secret, uh, as she does in the books. Oh. Okay. Uh, but she wants her house back in return. Fair deal. Fair deal. Okay. So over to Hoyt and Jessica's house. Um, Hoyt is watching a new broadcast condemning vampires. And referring to the disappearance of Reverend Steve Newlin. Oh, where's Steve Newlin? Mm. Uh, Hoyt is hugging the creepy-looking doll that we saw at the end of season three. Uh, Jessica returns, and Hoyt says he was worried, especially since even his own mother tried to kill her. Uh, they both discuss the doll, um, both claiming to have disposed of it by taking it to the dump and also by throwing it in the river. But it keeps coming back. What is up with the doll? Mm. We saw that at the end of season three, uh, season three, didn't we? The creepy doll. There's like an ominous shot of it. It's like, what's with the doll? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Jessica conf- confesses about feeding on the guy in Fantasia. Uh, but vehemently denies having sex with him. Uh, but Hoyt is furious nonetheless and does not understand how difficult it is for vampires to only feed from one human. Um, Jessica diffuses the situation by glamouring Hoyt. So he forgets what happened. Is this is this the way it's going to carry on? Is now? she going to start doing it every time? <laughs> just doing it every time, just glamouring. Poor Hoyt. Poor Hoyt. No, I think Hoyt. I think Hoyt should be more sympathetic. I think Hoyt should go and let let Jessica feed on other guys, really, other people, as long as she's not sleeping with them. No. I think she's a young vampire. She can't possibly just feed on him. Uh, anyway, uh, Suki and Eric check out Eric's new sleeping space, which it turns out is like a mini nuclear bunker. Has a, it has a cosy bed and it has plenty of reading material. Yes. Um, nice, <laughs> nice, nice bunker. <laughs> okay, so we see Eric wearing 
probably the worst outfit we're, we're ever going to see him in. Unless they take inspiration from the scene in the books where he wears a pink lycra all-in-one outfit. What? Yes. What's going on there? Well, fans were very upset that that was not in the show. <laughs> Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> Eric and his pink lycra cock bulge outfit. <laughs> so Eric shyly asks Suki if she'd like to be his... And she's like, uh, um, not really. <laughs> um, and then Eric's fangs pop like he's, a, like he's a teenage boy on heat. And he and he gets a good look at Suki's ass as she climbs back up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Eric. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, Jesus, Lafayette and Tara over at um, Jesus and Lafayette's place. Uh, they get trashed and they discuss what to do about Eric. Um, ironically, Lafayette says... He ain't going to forget about this. <laughs> but he, he has. He has. He's forgotten everything. <laughs> he has the idea that they should go to Eric and beg his forgiveness and hope that Eric will show mercy rather than wait to be hunted down. Yes. Um, Tara and, and Jesus protest and refuse to let him go to Fantasia. Does Lafayette have the right idea, though? I think he's right. I, I think th- he's right. I think he knows just, Eric. Just just face Eric now and explain yeah. Explain what was going on and you, you'd be okay. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Jesus, I've got to have to say, he looks better without the little soul patch that he used to have. <laughs> without the little soul patch. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think this scene went on for too long. I got bored of this scene. Okay, so uh, we're outside my lots. Um, Andy calls Jason and only gets a voicemail message advising, call 911 and ask for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was my voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy's tweaking out on V and it sounds like Jason is now his kind of sponsor. So we see Andy rubbing some V into his gums. Um, we like we, we kind of like the, the different methods of taking V that we've seen. Yeah, we've seen we? people kind of putting it on aspirin and then crushing the aspirin and snorting it. I liked that one. Oh, I'd like some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do we get some V? Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam turns up and uh, cheerfully asks Andy what brings him there. But Andy starts freaking out about fire hazards and garbage and overgrown trees. He, he even tries to throw a punch at Sam. But um, Sam is too nimble and lands one of his own. Go, Sam! Um, and he fumbles with his gun and drives off in a rage. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, um, I think they need to go somewhere else with Andy's storyline. I think we've, we've, we know he's fucked up. We know he's an addict. We we need this. We need this to develop somehow. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it shall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Suki, um, she shows up at Alcide's swanky new house in Shreveport. Yeah, nice house. Uh, it looks like she's a, up for a bit of wolf action because she's kind of primping herself up as she knocks at the door. Did yes. you notice that? She's uh, thinking, oh, Bill and Eric are out of the picture. Let's, uh, let's go a, for some wolf. A bit of wolf. <laughs> um, Suki asks Alcide if he can take care of Eric. What, kill him? <laughs> no. no, look after him. Give him foot baths. <laughs> but then an almost unrecognisable Debbie comes in with some tasty hors d'oeuvres. And apologises for trying to kill Suki in their epic girl fight. That was a great fight, wasn't it? That was a great fight last season. I, I, I didn't like Psycho Debbie, but I'm not sure I like Clean Debbie either. I saw her and I thought, oh, I miss, I miss Scary Biker Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, she explains that she's now clean and has found Jesus. But, but Suki is understandably not happy to see her and tells Elsie that she can't have Eric staying with an XV addict. Why is Elsie back with Debbie after everything? And uh, the, the wolves, the werewolves, mate for life, or...? I think that's the only reason that I can think <laughs> that he would get back with her. Uh, anyway, over at Maxine's house, uh, we learn that she's very helpfully <laughs> taught Tommy to read um, <laughs> using the doll shopping channel. <laughs> Maxine buys a, a Halloween doll. And we learn that Halloween is next week. Ah. Um, so 
what would that be? What episode ten or something? It's like a day per episode. I reckon like episode ten. Yeah. Do you think that, ha- that Halloween have a big influence on on this oh, season with yeah. as it's witches, it's and... witches and vampires and, and yeah? Hopefully, it coincides with full moon as well. That would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a prospector knocks at the door, offering money for the natural gas on Maxine's land, uh, but Tommy cunningly pretends to be Maxine's son in an effort to swindle her out of her money. He doesn't tell her about the prospector, and we see that Maxine encourages him to call her Mama. Oh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, back, at hot, back, back at the hotshot loony bin, uh, Crystal is in curlers and spreading the evil-looking paste on Jason's wound. Uh, she explains that inbreeding has left Hotshot with infertility problems, so they need some fresh panther blood in order to preserve the bloodline. Um, Super Sperm Jason has been chosen to be their new ghost daddy. Ghost daddy Jason. Um, Crystal sneakily gives gives him some Mexican Viagra um, to make <laughs> sure he's up to the job. <laughs> Even though apparently the stuff didn't work on Limp Dick Felton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Back at Malotz, Tara asks Suki to talk to Eric about Lafayette and Jesus's involvement in the coven, but Suki lies to her and says that Eric has gone missing. Um, Sam has a drink <coughs> with Tara and says how he uh, says how upset he was that she skipped town, even though to be fair, he did tell her to go and change her life. Yeah. E- even though he, he he says he doesn't remember saying yeah, that. Yeah, you said that, Sam. You we've did got, say that, We've Sam. got the Blu-ray. We know you said that. We know. We know. Uh, so they have a little flirt with each other, but then they admit that they're both now in relationships anyway. Um, suddenly, Jesus realises that Lafayette has crept off to confront Eric, and he and Tara go to find him before he gets into trouble. Tara has something in her trunk to help out with that. Yeah. Uh, in a swanky restaurant, uh, Bill leaves an angry voicemail on Eric's phone, commanding him to contact his king. Uh, and the waiter—I um, was, I was a bit confused by this. I was a bit confused. <laughs> I thought—I thought the waiter was just listening to the conversation. Yeah, like earwigging, being a bit nosy. But then someone online said that he's actually—he's up for some fang action, and he's just kind of showing Bill his neck. Yeah, he's, off, he's offering his, yeah. his, his neck. <laughs> uh, so, but Bill's not interested in the waiter, and he waves him away. Um, it turns out anyway that Bill's date is Portia Belfleur. And she and she proceeds to explain to Bill that since they're business associates and friends, then then surely it would be a good idea to bring sex into the equation. Yes, good plan. Oh, 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 go on, oh if you must, <laughs> go on then. Uh, Bill says he can't love her because he's too old to fall in love, uh, but she's cool with that. Uh, she just wants some vampire loving. What is is the real reason he can't love her? Um, because he's still in love with Suki? I reckon so, yeah. He's kind of hoping to get also, Suki back? Yeah, I think he's into the blonde waitresses as opposed to the brunette lawyers. Yes. Okay, so back at Malotte's. Um, Jess- Jessica solves the problem of getting rid of the creepy Victorian doll by giving it to baby Mikey, who seems to be loving it. Although Arlene looks a bit alarmed by the toy. Um, the does, baby likes it. Does, is does, it- do, you think the, do you think the baby looks like the doll? Do you think all babies and dolls <laughs> like dolls? <laughs> Does the baby like the doll the, because they are both evil? Uh, <laughs> oh, that baby can't be evil. He's got a lovely little smile. <laughs> the baby is twins, actually. It's twin babies. Okay, she twins? <laughs> I missed that. Okay, so uh, Tommy shows up and lets Sam in on the natural gas con, saying that they could buy Maxine's house as she's in tons of debt from her doll addiction. <laughs> But Sam warns him that he would, it would be immoral, especially since Maxine's treated him so well and taught him to read and everything. Uh, Tommy tells Sam he hates his fucking guts. Ah, <laughs> that's that's. Well, yeah. Sam keeps his cool though, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Sam. 
uh, at Bill's house, him and Portia are having passionate sex on the office chair. Uh, she, offer, she offers him her neck, but he declines to bite it. Why not? Why doesn't he bite her? He bit the other girl in the last episode. Is he, is he concerned about Andy seeing bite marks on his sister? Possibly? That could be a problem, yeah. Or maybe he thinks Portia might secretly film it somehow. I don't know. Oh, also, I should say, in, the, interesting. in book two, Bill dates Portia in book two. But they, they don't have sex, they just go on some dates together. And it's been mainly to make Suki jealous. Oh. Um, but then there's more to this. There is more to this. So is this, do you think this is going down the same road as the book? I think this is going down the same road as the book. <laughs> Without, I won't give anything away. <laughs> there's a good twist coming up. Oh, awesome. Um, so over at Fantasia, um, Lafayette is thrown back into the dungeon. No, not the dungeon. And Pam reveals to him that Marnie's spell erased Eric's memory. Uh, Tara and Jesus show up with Ginger as hostage. <laughs> Yay, Ginger! It's good to see Ginger. We love her. Um, Tara has turned into some sort of gun-toting Buffy character, it seems. Yeah, which is about time, I think. The character needs a, a vampire hunter character. Yeah, is that is that uh, Wayne now? Is she going to be the, the new sort of slayer? Yeah, Tara the slayer. <laughs> um, Tara threatens to shoot Pam with her wooden bullets. And Pam lets Lafayette go on the condition they make Marnie reverse the spell. Good luck with that. Good, Good luck. luck. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, at the Moon Goddess Emporium, Marnie pledges herself to the spirit that possessed her, offering to be a conduit for her powers. Marnie mentions that she was born with one foot in another world. So the witches, are they kind of, this is something they're kind of born with, because you see Lafayette also has this innate ability... So yeah. not everyone can become a witch. It's kind of something is something that's in you already. Yeah. Um, she cuts herself and is frustrated that the spirit doesn't show up. But we do see the ghost of a young woman in old-fashioned clothes in the mirror. That is, by the way, that is Miss Columbia, uh, Paula Turbay. Nice. So I think we're going to see more of her. Um, Jason awakes to find Crystal. Riding him hard. Hey! Yeah! And there's a whole queue of fertile young panther women queuing and, up to gang rape him. And when you say young, I think some of them were quite young. Yeah, that girl Maggie, how old is she? Like 15, isn't she? Mm. At the most. Younger, 12, 13? Wrong! Is, so wrong! Is this the crazy sex scene that Alan Ball mentioned before the season started? Or? Yeah, Alan, Alan Ball did say that there was going to be a really crazy Jason sex scene that people were going to be really shocked by. That's not shocking enough, though. I mean, that's... He said it was more shocking than the head-turning scene, and I don't think that was as shocking. Okay, so next week's episode, there's going to be some more Jason-loving yeah, scenes, I reckon. Yeah. I'm still rooting for the vampire in, uh, the vampire bestiality scene. <laughs> um, sorry, the, <laughs> the panther. The panther bestiality. Pan- panther love. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so at Sookie's house, Eric has gone walkabouts. And, and Sookie's reading a, a Charlene Harris novel um, while uh, she waits for him. I think that's one of the, the, the um, grave sight novels, um, which are about a girl who can sense the last memories of dead people. Oh. I think they're making that into a TV series sounds, as well. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I, did, I bought my mum one of the books, so I might borrow it and read it. Um, Claudine turns up and tells Sookie that she has to return to Fairy. Oh yeah, so we learn that Fairyland is just called Fairy. Why couldn't they come up with a proper name? Yeah. Like Narnia, or Oz, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Krull. Or Midworld. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Westeros. Yes. Uh, anyway, there's a, flash... <laughs> there's a flashback to the first episode when we see that it was actually Claudine who gave Sookie the ability to throw the chain round Mac Ratray's neck to save Bill. In, in the pilot episode, though, Claudine was shown in the scene but it was played by a different actress. Yes, but they didn't keep that uh, 
in the first episode that aired. Also, I think Claudine said that this was what awakened Suki's light yes. throwing ability. So that was the moment that she she sort of, well she could do the she could do the mind reading already, couldn't yeah, she? Yeah, but she didn't know the she didn't know about the light. Yeah, <laughs> the fist of light. Fist of light. Um, so Eric appears very suddenly and can't stop himself from feeding from Claudine and killing her. <gasps> <gasps> oh, that doesn't happen in the books. <laughs> Uh, in the books, the, um, the vampires are unable to stop themselves from feeding on fairies. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think it's significant here that Bill was uh, was able to control himself when he met Claudine in season three. He stopped himself from attacking her and spoke with her, but Eric is not able to do this. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of when when Bill kind of he was about to, he did he he attacked her and then she kind of threw him off with a light fist and then he kind of held his hands up and said, "Oh, yes. no, I, 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 I won't kill you." <laughs> um. Oh yeah, and Suki basically says, yeah, "Go on, now, you got the Suki. You, got the <laughs> you just killed my fairy godmother." <laughs> and Eric is hmm, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, so some general discussion about this episode. Yeah, I, I, I think the episode had mixed, had mixed receptions, uh, reception from the fans. Um, there were complaints that there wasn't enough action. But on the other hand, it was a much more humorous episode, wasn't it? It was more like. It felt more like season one. I yes, think. yeah. It wasn't wasn't really a dark episode, was it? Yeah, it was, no. There was no. There was normally there's some darkness in Trooper, but this was quite a light hearted episode. Um, and I, I suppose you could say a lot of what happens could be set up for future events. Yeah, it's, I think there's questions posed that are going to be answered in upcoming episodes. Hmm. Okay. So we we what, we we like that episode. I like that. Didn't yeah, we? we watched it twice, and I think I liked it more the second time. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, I, you ready for your, you ready for your jingle live jingle time for live the music jingle time? Okay. Music. Bass solo next week, is it? Bass solo next week. <laughs> we promise you a bass solo. <laughs> okay, so first song we are up is uh, Jay Novak's song "The Wreck of Us," which is when Pam is feeding on Jethro. Um, then we had Boxing Gandies, um, American funk soul band, and their song "If You Love Me, Why Am I Dying." Uh, this was Lafayette, Tara, Jesus having a beer. Uh, a band called Ohio Sound Machine, and their song "Montgomery Moonlight" when Elsie visits Suki. I think it was like a country western thing. Um, then we had Michelle Malone, who's a singer, songwriter, guitarist, um, and her song was "Straining All the Blues." And that is while Suki and Tara are talking in Malots. Uh, we have folk singer G. DuPont and his song Nowhere when Sam and Tara are talking in Malots. Um, then we had, I think they say, pronounce it, Astrid Gilberto, a uh, Brazilian samba legend. Um, the song Who Needs Forever, which is Bill and Portia um, asking for the check in the restaurant. <laughs> check, please. <laughs> check, please. Uh, Dave Pesner, <coughs> an electric, uh, electro producer, and his song Child's Play when Pam and Lafayette are in the dungeon. Uh, Karen Elson, a uh, supermodel turned singer-songwriter, and she's in fact the wife of Mr. Jack White. Sorry, I nearly said Mr. Jack Black. <laughs> uh, she's the wife of Jack White, and her song is a is a cover of a Donovan song, and it's called Season of the Witch. We should get Karen Elson's album. I hear it's really good. Yeah. For a supermodel album. I'm assuming Jack White <laughs> I think plays. Jack, I'm sure he's on the album. <laughs> I'm sure he's on the album. If he was my husband, he'd be on my album. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our What the Fuck of the Week. Oh, 
of the week is Weird Doll. The Weird Returning Doll. The Weird Returning Doll. It's been it's been thrown it's been thrown away in the dump. It's, it's been it's been thrown in the river. And it keeps coming back. It keeps toddling back keeps to them. Coming back like a bad smell. <laughs> and uh, do you know what I like about this? I like the, and the baby as well. I think the doll and the baby. They they kind of like retro seventies horror film storylines. You know kind of I mean? old school. Old school horror. <laughs> and it's, so it's like there's this old school horror thing going on within the within the show. Yeah, I get you it. Like, it's like retro. Yeah. yeah. Sort of innocent objects and innocent things that are actually that are actually creepy. Creepy. <laughs> um, anyway. Yes. On anyway. to our line of the week. And our line of the week is... I will give you 24 hours to deliver that witch to me, and if you don't, I will personally eat, fuck, and kill all three of you. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> From done. Pam, well pa- done that. Pam, the purveyor of line of the weeks. That was a, that was a good line of the week, I wasn't think it? Pam gets the line of the week more often than anyone else. She gets all the best lines. <laughs> okay, time for some news. <laughs> Okay, so the news. Um, the 35th annual Comic Con takes place in San Diego from the 21st till the 24th of July. Uh, the True Blood panel will be appearing on the 22nd. Uh, the following stars have been confirmed. Alan Ball, Anna Paquin, Stephen Moyer, Sam Trammell, Ryan Quanton, Rutina Wesley, Alexander Skarsgård, Kevin Alejandro, Christian Bale Van Stratton, uh, Nelson Ellis, Joe Manganiello and Deborah Ann Wall will all be there. So all the main True Blood stars are going to be there, plus Alan Ball. So if any of you, if any of you fangbangers out there would like to do- donate some um, flight tickets yeah. and Comic Con tickets <laughs> we'd love to, go. to San Diego, we'd love to go. <laughs> and they'd be much appreciated. Okay, there's, um, there's a new True Blood related website. Ah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about that oh, already. we did, yes. Yeah, did. vampskill.com, so we'll put a link to the vampskill.com website. Uh, also, True Blood has received four Emmy nominations uh, for art direction, makeup, sound editing, and a guest actress nomination for Alfred Woodard, who played Lafayette's mum. Controversially, though, there were no nominations in any of the major categories. That's quite surprising. I'm surprised in particular uh, that there's no Best Show nomination, and also that um, uh, the guy that played Russell, um, Dennis O'Hare, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated. But then I think the Emmys have got a reputation for ignoring sort of sci-fi, fantasy, sort of genre TV shows. So, so, so Mad Men will probably win loads. So no, no awards for V then. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Mary. Uh, I think I'm saying this right. Mariana Claveno, Claveno, uh, who is Lorena, is going to be in season six of Dexter. That's good news. Yeah. Isn't it? So it's weird because it's like. Bill's ex-girlfriend is going to be in Dexter. Bill's current girlfriend was in Dexter. Yes. Portia was in season four <laughs> yeah. of Dexter. <laughs> That's some, some crazy connections. Okay, um, so if, if you if you want to listen to some spoilers and stick around, but if you don't, then thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Okay, so episode four is called I'm Alive and On Fire. And the official HBO synopsis for next week says, Alcide helps Suki hunt for Eric. Marnie searches for guidance to break a spell. 
Bill discovers a common bond with the Belle Fleurs. Jason begs for liberation from Hotshot. Sam penetrates. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam penetrates Luna. Luna's inner circle. Ooh, kinky. <laughs> that, that sounds <laughs> like a double entendre, however you say it. <laughs> and Arlene sees the writing on the wall. Oh. Tommy returns to his roots. Ah. Bit of Mickens action, I think. I think so. We've got some other general spoilers. Uh, we're going to meet Andy and Portia's grandmother next week. She's in the books, I do believe. There's going to be a flashback to the year 1610. Wow, flashback. Oldie flashback. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to guess that's an Eric flashback then, if it's 1610. Uh, we're going to find out that a character has a young daughter. A character has a young daughter. Any guesses? Or do you know this one? I know who it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, my money is on... Lafayette. <laughs> 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 and um, also, as you correctly guessed, Sam and Tommy's <laughs> disgusting parents are going to be back. Mr. Hooray! Mr. Mickens and his pants. Mr. Mickens' pants. Woohoo! Um, we just got one link for you this week a uh, link to the vamps-kill.com website. Check that out, it's fun stuff. I believe that is us done. Episode 20 is in the bag. In the bag. And we will see you again next week. Have a nice week. Enjoy episode four. Episode four. And we'll see you soon. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.